Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Labick and I'm your host here on Flip the Script, a podcast where we discuss all the stories that became a film, but started as something a little different. Hey guys, it's me. <laughs> We're back again. This time with Stuart Little, not Chicken Little. We're going to get that confused a lot. I mean, we will. Hopefully you don't. One's a mouse, one's a chicken. Yeah, they're kind of, you know what? They're both... Little. <laughs> That's what this is all about. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Stuart Little, the 1999 movie. Um, let's just, I'm going to jump into the, the background here. So Stuart Little, the children's book, was written by E.B. White and published in 1945. The film adaptation, which is a mixture of live action and CGI animation, was produced by Columbia Pictures and premiered in 1999. Very nice. 1999. Wow. Yeah. It honestly doesn't look like it. Like, I was watching and like some of the scenes I was kind of, I was like, wow, this aged pretty well, like. For 1989. Honestly, the CGI holds up. The CGI holds up significantly better than all three Star Wars prequels, <laughs> which is kind of sad. Yeah. When did the second movie come out? And uh, Stuart Little two. When did that? 2002. One come out? Huh. So not too far after it. Um. So as it goes right now, the current adaptations of the story are the original book, the 1999 movie, its sequel, 2002. And there's also a PlayStation 1 game based on the sequel, or shall we call it... I played that game. The Squeakquel. No, we're not going to call it that. Um, <laughs> you can call it in your spare time alone in your room that, <laughs> but we're not going to call it for that right now. Um, yes, I, I did play that game. That game was actually pretty fun, and I hate to admit it. And isn't there also cartoon slash like movie type deal? Probably. It's like... Stuart Little, like the river down under, or something like that. I don't know. It was something. There was another. Does it go like, to Australia? Vibe. Is that why it's down under? Maybe. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Um, Clearly, neither did I. But you know what? I'm gonna say it right now. I actually stan Stuart Little. It was actually pretty good. I was surprised. Like I, I don't know. I hear like the beef from people are like oh, Stuart Little's so bad, and I don't know. I don't know why. I, I it is kind of like silly that it's like a family adopting a mouse literally but when i was watching it i was like oh my gosh this is actually kind of cute like but i'm a sucker for like found families i love like adoption stories and stuff like that so maybe that's why so in this house yes we stand Stuart little okay i know you probably don't feel the same but not entirely i mean like i enjoy this but i just <laughs> really today for some reason i want to take the hypercritical stance and be <laughs> be that asshole against Stuart Little. So every time you say something good, I'm going to come up with something bad and be like, well, okay, this scene. How about you go first then? <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's start with that. You know, let's start with the white savior complex that these parents have going on. They just waltz into the <laughs> orphanage and they're like, we're going to get a kid, blah, blah, blah. And they see Stuart Little, who's like, hey, here are all these kids that you can adopt. You know, I'm probably not going to get adopted. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. But there's all these cool kids. You know, kids. it's the typical, the the pity trick. Oh, yeah. Like, just a little. There are all these nice kids, but you don't want me. I'm a me, mouse. A measly mouse. But then these parents are like, oh, no, we're really good. And we're going to adopt you uh, and 
pretend like there's nothing different about you and therefore cause you a lot of problems in the film like let's talk about that for a second yeah it's good of them to adopt him and i think they are overall good parents to him at the same time they by ignoring the fact that he's a mouse and not being able to like adapt their family and their household to him they Mm -hmm. inadvertently cause him all of these problems right i do the say in the second one because you have you haven't seen the second one right Mm -hmm. um in the second one they did um actually like do that they did make the changes in the house like they gave him like it's almost like it's kind of cute it's like little bunk beds um in george's room and on the top it's just like a mini version of george's room on top of on the top bunk bed so and they have like his own little sink and stuff so they do i will give them that they do uh you know ch- make changes for his life in the house um in the second film okay that's good and i do i do think that the miniatures in the basement when they like give him the car and everything and kind of the boat but that's like a whole other thing we'll get to yeah uh i thought that was really cool but also i thought that was really cool with the whole the miniatures in the basement because that was one of the only times in film that we've ever seen a miniature realistic version of something in a basement that is not created by a psychopath in a horror film. True. Okay, but what about that one movie with uh, the guy from The Office, Steve uh, Carell? Steve Carell? his last name. Oh, yeah. dude, I saw him outside of a movie theater one time. It was cool. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> um, wasn't there a movie about him? I know we're off topic, as always, but um, wasn't there a movie, like, I, wa- I really wanted to watch it, but I never did. Where he made like a miniature people like town of his town and the dolls come to life or whatever. Mm, I don't remember, but I think you're right. Yeah, I will let you know what the title is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, you know but, what? Um, technically, the Lego Movie. The Lego Movie yeah, did that. Technically, that such a good movie. Oh, such okay. Yeah, the Lego Movie is amazing, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is a very fascinating adaptation that I should probably write down as an episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I don't want to get too much into that, but I will say, you know, and I'll get more into this when I do record an episode someday. Mm-hmm. I have major beef with the Lego movie, and I'm not going to tell you guys why. I'm going to make you wait for however long it takes me to set that up, record an episode, edit, <laughs> and release it. But tune in next time to figure out why I have major beef with the Lego movie. <laughs> I could probably guess what it is, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> probably. Find me after the show. I will slip you that little why. If you can guess, <laughs> we'll give you a something. Dollar. We'll, we'll give you a dollar. That's kind of all we can spare right now. That's only like 50 cents from me, 50 cents from Jen. So that's yeah. manageable. It's going to it's gonna be out of, out of pennies. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's the best that's all I can do right now. You still have change these days? Yeah, somehow. Anyways, Stuart Little. Anyways, Stuart Little. <laughs> why why are cats always the villain in animated animal movies? I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, the whole time I was watching this movie, I kept thinking about those cats, like, in real life. Like, not the animated cats, but the actual cats, like, being thrown in that river and stuff. And I'm like, these cats are probably so confused. Like, Wait, being thrown in a river? Yeah, remember when they're at the end of the movie when they, like, fall into the river because the branch breaks? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, And they have to Mm -hmm. put the cats in water to get them out. Yeah. It probably wasn't a real river, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, these cats are, like, just chilling, and all all of a sudden they're just in water, and they're like, what's happening? I feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh, 
Yeah. Snowbell's definitely probably my favorite character. And I have my favorite quote ready. Oh, you know what? Uh, we totally skipped over that. Thank you for bringing me back. Yeah. We usually start off the episode <laughs> with a favorite quote or a moment. Jen, what is yours? Uh, my favorite quote was from the second movie. and um, The squeakquel. And he... Yep. And <laughs> they uh, were... I'll explain the second movie in a little bit. But basically, they're going to go look for someone. And they break... The car breaks down. And Stuart's like, we're not giving up. And he and Snowbell's like, if more people gave up in life, there'll be fewer wars. And I was like, okay, <laughs> go off. Snaps for him. Damn. <laughs> That's like really true. Yeah. I love it. So I like that. I like that line. Nice. It's a lot better than mine. I just thought it was really funny in the first movie when... If you just say squeak, 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 <laughs> I'm going to punch you. <laughs> I was debating it. I was like, since we're double featuring this with Chicken Little, what if I just copped out again? But no, I I really like in the first movie when the adoption lady, whatever, I'm going to call her Miss Hannigan. Just, so Miss Hannigan is like going back to the house and she's talking to the parents um, because they, you know, they sent off Stuart with what they thought were his parents, um, mm-hmm. pulled an Annie move on them right there. Uh, and anyways, so she's describing how his parents died. And at one point she just outright says she's like, Stuart's parents died in a tragic cream of mushroom soup incident three years ago. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Yeah, she's like the she's like the heaviest of all soups or something like that. <laughs> yeah, she's like a very heavy soup, two for one sale. I think yeah. she says. Yeah, two for one sale. <laughs> it took two gr- baggers to dig him out of the rubble. <laughs> rubble. They had to identify by them the by dental their records. Dental records. <laughs> I was like, okay, go off. Yeah, that was really funny. I did like that part too. Every orphan has a tragic backstory. That's how it goes. So I have a question. Yeah. Okay, in the second movie, there's a bird. Um, her name is Margalo. And basically, the whole movie is kind of uh, around her. And she's also in the book, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, in the movie, so they can understand Stuart and they can understand the other two rats or mouse, sorry, mice. And they, under- they can understand the bird, but why can't they understand the cat? Like, how can they talk to Stuart and Margalo, but they can't talk to Snowbell? You mean the parents? The parents can talk to the yeah. bird, but they can't talk to the cat? Yeah, she literally yeah, she literally was talking straight to them, and they just completely understood her and was like... And she was like... I think she was a canary, and, you know, canaries can sing, but they can't... I don't think they can talk. They can't learn the ability to talk. If they can, it takes years, and this was a wild bird, so... Well, I think we have to just assume that the humans, the parents, are bilingual, or you trilingual to be able to understand English, bird, and mouse. Whereas Stuart has to be at least trilingual because he can understand. Well, hang on. Qu- quadrilingual? Because he can understand. Obviously, he speaks mouse, English, cat, and bird. So, yeah, he's quadrilingual. At least. Qu- quadri- at least quadrilingual. Yeah. We- we- oh, shit. I'm going to Qua- let you take this one. Take the Qua- wheel. Quadrilingual. <laughs> Quadrilingual. Okay, I'm taking the wheel. Okay, you're done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. I wonder why, like, that was a thing. I guess that, like, because when I made, first, like, when Margolo started speaking, and then Mrs. Little was like, or Miss, yeah, Mrs. Little, she was like, oh, blah 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 blah, and I was like, whoa, you understood her. And they were just having a conversation. But yeah, I don't know why they can't talk to any other 
like the cat or anybody like that but well maybe just interesting it could also be explained like does the cat ever try and talk to the humans i mean i don't know not that i noticed but i mean snowbell could just be like wanting to hold that back you know because he's a little bit of an evil genius not like evil not like genius but he's like menacing i guess it would kind of make sense for him to want the family to underestimate him so he always has the upper paw that makes sense yeah he is smart typical cat am i right typical cat (laughs) i also have another favorite quote (laughs) go for it it's not really a favorite quote it was just like a funny moment it's like in the first movie when the uh stewart's on the boat and he wins the race and this they're all on the bridge and george is standing there and this random lady's like who's that mouse and then George goes, that's not a mouse. That's my brother. And I'm just yes. imagining, like, walking down the street and people are like, oh, what's that slug doing there? And I just go, that's not a slug. That's my brother. It's like the... I'm gonna use that. It's like the quintessential the punchline. You know, when people are, like, telling a joke and they're like, so I says to the guy, that's not a mouse. That's my yeah. brother. That's my brother. Yeah. So I'm definitely... I, I'm gonna guarantee use that at some point in the future, so... Let's get ready for that. Good. I'll be prepared. Oh, can we talk about um, the fucking 90s wipe transitions in the film? I don't know if there were any in the sequel, but like, oh my God, I can't believe anybody in Hollywood ever actually used these. Like, the tr- you know, when it transitions from a cut and it's like a wipe to be like mm-hmm. passage of time or like, yeah, well, now we're in a new location. So corny. And it only works for like, yeah, Star Wars. Because Star Wars is so corny. Yeah, I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen Star Wars, so I'll take your word Dude, on I'm it. Dude, I'm going to mention it every time, every episode. <sighs> You'll <Okay>. just inevitably <laughs> get the whole story by me referencing. Okay, that sounds good. Then I don't have to watch it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I did uh, read, well, I listened to the whole whole book today. Sponsored by Audible. Sp- sponsored by Audible. <laughs> but... Yeah, so do you want to talk about the... Yeah, dude, tell me some... Or the comparison? Tell me some interesting things. Did you listen to it? Nope. I know I sent you the link. <laughs> you sent me the Kimberly. link. I liked it. I should have researched for what is <laughs> technically my podcast. And yet, I did not do my homework. <laughs> I got you, fam. Okay. So, yeah, fill me in. Give me the spark notes. Okay, so... In the first chapter, uh, it's kind of like giving like a lot of background information about him and okay so it, it never says like outright straight outright that he is a mouse he has mouse-like features so he's two inches tall he has a pointed nose he has he has like whiskers but they're not like real whiskers they're like like fuzz i guess but he has a tail which is weird um and even in the book and the movie, they both have the same line. I wrote it down. What was the line? It was, um, he had, it was like the line, like, you know, I'm not a mouse. I have mouse. Or he's, he looks somewhat like a mouse or something like the, I'm just paraphrasing, but something around that line where he's like, they never outright say he's a mouse, but he is two inches tall. He's a mouse. Like why? <laughs> what? Yeah. But in the book, it's. It's not, and it is illustrated. It's illustrated by Garth Williams. So wait, is he just like a very small human with fur? And yeah. Ew. Well, no, 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 no. I don't think it. I don't. I don't remember it saying anything about fur. But on the picture, he. You have to look up the picture. 
whoever has their phone around them, just look up the picture of Stuart Little from the book. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's listening to this, hopefully, you're probably you're probably listening on your phone anyways so do us a favor and go google 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 jesus christ i can't i can't speak words today (laughs) the parents in the book are a lot different like not a ton different but they're a lot different like the the mom is very emotional she's always crying the dad is more like strict almost and like yells at george all the time and george is super nosy like so nosy like his every other sentence is George was listening to this conversation in the other room. Like he's always around listening for that gossip. That's really shitty. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in the second chapter, they're talking about it was this random segment where they're talking about how they took mouse out of the Christmas poem where it's like not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And they changed it to louse. Wait, like the family did? Because they were like censoring? Yeah, they didn't want to, they didn't want to offend Stuart. Hmm. Admirable, yet problematic. Yeah, because like, wouldn't you want, they they said it was degrading, but I figured it would be like cool for him to see like. Mouse representation, yeah. Yeah, right, right. So I found that was interesting. And then the next few, uh, sent- or next few, the next few chapters is basically like his life there. And how they, like, adapted their life for him to fit in. But where it gets a little crazy. So, okay. <laughs> this is where it loses me, okay? So they have the big boat, boat race. And the wasp, which is in the first movie, is in this movie. T- or the book, too. So they did bring that back. Um, and so they have the big boat, the boat race. And then Margalo comes in. A bit a bit different. Because in the, in the movie, they have the falcon that's kind of, like... Her big boss man that's like using her to trick them to steal money and like valuable things like she steals the ring mm-hmm. but in the book she is just like injured and like they saved her from freezing to death and they brought her in and snowbell's like i can't have a mouse and a bird in my house so he gets monty to like come and get the bird out and so she leaves wait i'm sorry pause for a second so Snowbell makes the exact same character mistake in the second film that he does in the first film. So there's no real character development for that guy. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. I don't like that. This this is where I'm coming in with my harsh critique. I do not enjoy that. I think that is poor storytelling. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry. Go on. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So the bird leaves... And then Stuart gets, like, super depressed and misses her. So he's like, I'm going to go find her. Kind of like in the movie, he goes and finds her. But Snowbell goes with him in the movie, or the book, I'm sorry, the book. So he goes to his dentist to get the car. Because, right. as you know, in the movie, George gives it to him. No. <laughs> he gets the car from his dentist, which there was a whole chapter about the car. It turned invisible in the book. What the fuck? Yeah, they put a button, he's like, push this button, and it turns invisible. And the, the, that's what the dentist says. And then Stuart's like, okay, and then he hits the button. And then the doctor's like, okay, cool, now turn it back to being visible. So he hits it, and then it starts, and then it starts breaking stuff, and the dentist is like, don't push buttons if you don't know what they're going to do. And I'm like, that's so, why would you tell him to hit the button then? Okay, but how does a humble upper New York City whatever doctor, or I'm sorry, dentist, how does a humble New York City dentist have 
A perfectly working miniaturized car that can turn invisible. Takes gas, too. Takes, takes gas. gas. Real gas. It's not even electric. Five little drops. Wow. <laughs> no, five little drops of gas and that thing will be running for hours. That's the most unbelievable thing about this story, <laughs> to be honest. Just wait. Is that, like, miraculous tiny car. So let me continue this crazy journey. Right, right. To go go on. on. Okay. So he gets the um, this invisible car and he's driving north. Because he's trying to find the bird, Margolo. Don't so birds fly he's driving south? North. Is that? I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> that's, I'm not the that's script the movie. supervisor. Go on. <laughs> that's what the movie, she was flying south. But no, he went north because they said that if you're going north, you know what you're doing. Right, of course. This is know. common knowledge. <laughs> this was the craziest part of the whole book, in my opinion. So he comes up to this man. He is like super depressed. <laughs> It's a common theme in this book. <laughs> Depression. And he's sitting at this <laughs> railroad. He's sitting at the railroad. I believe it's a railroad. And he's like, Stuart rolls up in his little invisible car and he's like, what's going on, Doc? <laughs> he says he Doc? Say Does he say Doc because he's Michael J. <laughs> no, Fox? No. no. Uh, just kidding. Uh, no, he rolls up and this guy's like a principal. And he's like, oh, my teacher is out sick. I don't have anybody to cover this class. And Stuart's like, I'll do it. <laughs> I have my I have a bachelor's in teaching. I can do this. <laughs> he has a higher education degree. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he substitutes this class. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> There's no purpose to the story. And he's like, he basically walks in there. He gets a ruler so he can get on the like a yardstick so he can get on the desk to be in front of all these kids. And he's like, what do you guys normally do at this time? And they are like, all these lessons. And he's like, nah, we're not doing that. I'm a dictator now. That's <laughs> basically not... what happened. <laughs> what is up with this guy? And then he, st- he started talking about being a ruler and like how many rules and laws. he's got. I was like, what's happening? Did I accidentally hit a different book when I was listening to this? I'm so confused. And then at the end of the day, he's like, okay, I'm leaving. Gets in his car and drives away. <laughs> Did he even get paid? Did he get paid for that day? I bet he didn't collect the homework. Probably not. Didn't grade any of the tests. (laughs) But that was just, that was so weird. I was like, okay. So we're getting close to the end of the story now. Okay. (laughs) There's so many things that happen. There's a little bit more, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I'll be done. (laughs) Because I, me personally, I didn't even know it was a book. So I'm sure not a lot of people know that it's a book, let alone have read the book. So I just want to make sure we go over all the the details (laughs) because... This thing is interesting, it's okay? wild. <laughs> so he comes up to this other town, and he stops to get a drink at this, like, store. And the store owner comes out, and he's like, what do you have? And he's like, he lists, like, 50 different pops. He's like, Coca-Cola, Pepsi. And I was like, why are we going through the entire list? Like, he already said which one he wanted, and you're still... Anyways, I get it. You want to get that word count, okay? I wrote an essay or two. I know how it is. <laughs> Maybe that guy just really gets paid well by those soda companies. So he has to, like, advertise Maybe. It's a sponsorship. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That that checks out. Okay. So he's sitting there. He's drinking his drink. And he's like, you know, you're pretty small. You remind me of this woman in town. Her name's Harriet Ames. She is just like you. Something like a mouse. She's also two f- inches tall. But she's, like, very beautiful. She's, like, they call her, like... She dresses the best in the town, and she's he, she looks like a human. She's just two inches tall. So he writes her a letter and invites her to go on a canoe ride 
So that's a really solid. He goes first and date. buys. Right, he was describing it in detail, and I was like, "This is actually very romantic." Like he got a pillow for the canoe where she can lay back. Ooh, pillow for the canoe. We all know what that means. <laughs> Stewart, you <laughs> and dog beast. <laughs> <Mouse>. <laughs> Um, and he was like, we're going to go to the lily pads. Like, it was very romantic. And so, and he plans it all out. And then the, night, the day comes and she shows up and he, like, leads her down to the river and the boat's gone because some kids were playing with it. Aww. Because you got to remember, it's not a big boat. It's just a toy boat. Then he gets super depressed and... God, he has a rough gets time. gets really mad. Yeah, and he gets really mad because he can't do the date because it's ruined because the boat was trashed. And he, like, flips out, and she's, like, sitting here trying to, like, save the date. She's like, we can just go back to my house and, like, and then we can go to, like, the dance hall. Damn, Stuart. (laughs) His whole date gets ruined, and the girl is still like, we could just go back to my place. Right, and she was like, we go dancing, we can go do something. He's like, no, the date's, what's the point? The date's ruined, I'm going to be gone by morning anyways. So she leaves. <laughs> so she leaves, and then he gets in his car, he starts driving down to the next city, and there's this repairman on the side of the road, pulls over, starts talking about to him. He's like, have you seen this bird? Describes a brown bird. <laughs> okay. And then the repairman's like, no, but I'll keep an eye out for you. And he's like, do you want to hear about my story? And Stuart's like, no, not really. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then leaves. And then that's the end of the book. There's no resolution. There's no, don't know if he finds Margolo. Don't know if he goes home. It just ends. He's just, it just is like, Stuart continues north, blah, 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 blah. So I hope if anybody has has an essay on Stuart Little, they can just read, listen to this podcast and then ha- write an essay about it. Yeah. I just described the whole book to you. Yeah. Send us your um, ending <laughs> theories. What do you think happened? Yeah. I want to hear the thesis, your conclusion. We want to know. <laughs> send us a little a letter. Buy some postage stamps. Buy some USPS <laughs> stamps. Send us a letter of your theory. And if we think it's good. Um, we will nod silently and then probably recycle it. That's it. You get nothing. No, I would keep it. <laughs> I would keep it. So send it to me. <laughs> Remember it always. Make a Perfect. make a third movie. Tie it all up. There is a third movie. I swear there's a, a third, third movie. Mo- there's definitely not. I Googled. It. I Googled. I was like, movies. Sweet little there's movies. a cartoon. I remember. Google it. Google Somebody it right Google now. It. Where's our Google? We need to get a Google lady. We do. I, I think I mentioned this last time. Let's see. We did talk about it last Stuart time. I swear there is a cartoon or movie. Something. Three. Just. I really don't think there's because I did I did my research for this and it looked like it was. Oh, you know what, Jen? <gasps> Stuart Little Three, Call of the Wild. <laughs> Call of the Wild. Yes, that's what it is. Oh, my God. See, I knew. I knew. Okay. <laughs> 2005. I love being right. Oh, my God. And then some people are asking, will there be a Stuart Little 4? There might be. I hope not. I hope not. What more live action can you be? Like, it's completely, like, there's no CGI. It's all just a real mouse doing all of these things. That's the only way it could be better. I would cast, um, I would cast Remy from Ratatouille. Yes, solid, solid. He's got some really good range. I mean, I know he's not a mouse, but I think he could play a mouse. Like we gotta like get a like a time travel and then like bring him back to when he was a baby, <laughs> tiny so be, baby, like, Remy. tiny, <laughs> playing with a Cute. a small ravioli. 
Uh, is Ratatouille, is there a, a original source to that? Because I could talk about Ratatouille for a while. You know, technically, we could say that Ratatouille is based off of the French dish. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. <laughs> Dude, okay, I know we're off topic, but did you know Ratatouille, the house that Remy is found in, the beginning, is the same house as the critic's mom's house. That's his mom's house. In real life? Like, it... but like at the end you can see him having flashbacks i'm sorry for the for the smallest second i was picturing this and for the for the quickest moment i literally thought that it was the same as Stuart little where like the rat is animation but everybody else is human and so it's like oh my god they filmed it oh my gosh um please can we get a can we please get a live action ratatouille yeah I will sponsor that. I'm sorry we were supposed to give that dollar to somebody, but it's going to go to the live action. It will go to a better cause. The live action Ratatouille (laughs) remake. That's everything I want. Yeah, I was thinking a little bit about if they were to make a live action Stuart Little. And I know it's already live action, but if they were to do like, you know, 2021 kind of thing. Uh Uh-huh. Who would I want as some of the main characters? And I basically, I was thinking mostly about the kid, George, like the human kid. Okay. I have, I have Stuart already picked out so you, you can do george i'll do Ooh, okay okay so for for george i was gonna say either roman griffin davis who played the main kid in jojo rabbit because he's just so good that movie is so good okay or i was thinking daphne keen she played x23 in the logan movie so she was like the little girl mm-hmm. who was gonna be the next wolverine yes yes yeah i like that i like that mm. so this is gonna be george's so they're gonna I like the idea of flipping it and making it a girl instead. So who would you cast as Stuart? Can we, for the parents, can they be a gay couple? Oh, absolutely. To really, like, push it home? Okay, good. Okay, good. So I was thinking for Ratatouille, I, you know, I was working today and I was watching it on the side and I was mostly just listening to it and I was listening to his voice and the way that his voice, I know I seem like we put a lot of, like, thought into this because we normally just, like, pick somebody on the spot. But I actually thought about it, and I think Tom Holland would do good. Because his voice, like, Stuart's voice is very, like, it it feels very, like, nervous. And, like, uh And I, I, Tom does a really good job on that. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Spies in Disguise? I have, yes. Great movie. He was a voice in that. He was. Did a good mm-hmm. job. With Will Smith. But, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. I think he'd make a really excellent modern Stuart Little. Yeah, I like it. Now the the dads. Who's going to be the dads? <laughs> uh, my first instinct was Jim Carrey and somebody else. Mm. Um, because, did you know, both Jim Carrey and Steve Martin were considered for the role of Stuart Little before Michael J. Fox really? was chosen. Mm, okay. Yeah, so if we could get Jim Carrey as one of the dads. For the other dad, I'm torn between... Antonio Banderas? What's the... No, no. no oh, okay. Um, is he still alive? I'm so sorry. Go on. John, is it Krasinski? The guy from Office. Yes, yes. I knew I was going to say it wrong. Or, so him with the beard, or just the original dad that was in the Stuart Little. Oh, Hugh Laurie. He did such a good job. I Let's just put bring him back. <laughs> he could be the other dad. Mm-hmm. Dad and Papa. Any of them, really. So wait, are we talking Hugh Laurie and Jim Carrey or Hugh Laurie and that other guy you just mentioned? John. John Krasinski. Hugh Laurie and John Krasinski. We're going to have to have an audition. So, guys, I know you're listening. Just call us up. Mm-hmm. We'll work something out. 
I mean, we know you're not filming anything right now. I live in LA. I know we're not filming anything right now. Yeah. So hit us up. <laughs> we'll get you going. We'll have some auditions. Figure out what, what will work best for you. You know, what if we did Hugh Laurie and Steve Carell? Steve Carell, who plays the main guy in the office. His name I'm totally forgetting. Michael. So if you imagine more playing a dad than a boss. So like in Beautiful Things. In Beautiful Things? With, is it called Is it called Beautiful or Beautiful? It's the one with um, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, um, yeah, the drug one. I don't know what it was called. Yeah. But yeah. I honestly, I know we're not talking about Stuart Little anymore, but <laughs> I watched that. I only watched about 10 minutes and I turned it off. Because I don't like, I just didn't like him in that role as a dad. Steve Carell? Yeah, I think he does better in a role of, like, Michael Scott. You should see, one of my favorite films is called The Way, Way Back. Um, Emily and I actually saw it in theaters. I saw that, yeah. That was, that one was pretty good. Yeah, and Beautiful Things, is that what it's called? Or Beautiful Minds, I can't remember. But in that one, he felt, I don't know, it just didn't feel, like, authentic, I guess. It felt very... That's just my own personal opinion. I just... Yeah, well, it sucks. Well, I didn't ask for your opinion about my opinion, so... <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. Uh, anyways, let's get back to Stuart Little. Anyways, the, the cat animation... I know we already talked a little bit about how the animation in general holds up really well. But mm-hmm. specifically, I think yeah. the cat animation was really good because you can tell... Yeah. that they directed the cats in real life and they mm-hmm. just overlaid with the mouths and a little bit with like eye expressions the and eyes, it looked very yeah. natural i agree yeah they did it well and i liked that they brought the same cat back for the second one did they the, nice. they didn't yeah same cat yeah but yeah no i agree they did really well like it's very very hard to get animals in that style where it looks good mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i think they did i think they did good on that too mm-hmm. What was the budget? Do you did you do you know? Did you look that up? What was the budget for this movie? I did not. I do have two other technical fun facts, but none of them include the budget. You want me to throw in your way right now? You ready? Yeah, let's go. Let's hit it. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Let me crack my knuckles oh, in the microphone. Now I want to. Knuckle cracking ASMR. <laughs> so trivia question number one. Wait, this is a trivia? Yeah. You ready? Oh, okay. That was a fun fact, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> only one fun fact two trivia trying to trip you up this time oh gosh so here we go okay go ahead the first movie currently holds a 67 percent critic rating on rotten tomatoes can you guess the current critic rating for Stuart little two i'll give you a hint it's above 67 i'm between like 84 and 88 the answer is 81 percent ah dang it which is surprising (laughs) in so many ways first of all yeah that its rating is higher than the first movie that a sequel's rating is higher than the first movie and this is not shrek where like that makes sense yeah but 81 percent Stuart little two has an 81 percent on rotten tomatoes that's crazy this is why i don't trust rotten tomatoes at all ever (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't really like, I don't base stuff off of Rotten Tomatoes because, like, there's some really good movies that have, like, a 23%, and I'm like, how is this so low? Yeah. But Stuart Little has 80? What? No. Well, and I always think it's ridiculous quantifying film in general because it's such a subjective art. Like, yeah. you take any movie, and you will find people who love that movie, and you will find people who hate that movie. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, 
say that a movie has a certain percentage rating because it's just based on critics who what is a critic anyways like no offense guys but we all watch movies like we can all talk about them which is exactly what i'm doing right now but exactly. you know what i'm not saying i'm not saying that Stuart little has a number attached to it because i have feelings about it but other people have feelings about it that are different and that's okay and if it did it would be 81 81 percent yeah, so that's my first trivia question to you. You got, I say you got close enough on that. I'll give it to you. I'll give you a point. <gasps> Yay! I finally got a point. <laughs> and for trivia question number two, double or nothing. Oh my gosh. Okay. You okay. ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready. According to Computer Graphics World, how many hairs does Stuart Little have? <sighs> Stop this. Is it A, 4,500, B, 45,000 C 450,000 or D 4.5 million I'm gonna say C you're gonna guess C 450,000 hairs yep is that your final answer yeah you are correct yes Two points, man. I hope everyone out there is clapping for me. I like to thank everyone. (laughs) Yay, I finally did it. So that means I'm two. Two and oh. Actually, just for this episode. Well, this is our third episode together, and this is the first time I've gotten it right. Okay, so you're two for two. Two two for four. Yeah, Yeah, I know how to count score. Sure. I know math. Well, wait till we get to the the How to Train Your Dragon one, because I'm going to get you a good trivia question, and you're never going to get it. Dude, you're going to destroy me. (laughs) You're not ready for that. (laughs) We're not getting into it, though, (laughs) because... Right. Anyways, but Stuart Little. We didn't even really talk about the differences and comparisons. God, we didn't. We just kind of talked about, you know, whatever. I don't know. What Do you have any big differences, similarities? I mean, obviously, in the movie, he's a mouse. In the book, they tiptoe around the term mouse, even though, you know what? I'm he's a mouse yeah i'm just saying it he's a mouse so what are you gonna t- what are you talking about harriet then or it's not her name harriet i don't remember harriet but she no her, her name was like harriet ames or something like that she wasn't in the movie we're not gonna talk about it she wasn't in the movie so it's fine yeah i like the idea in the second one i feel like um with the falcon you didn't see it but nope i'll tell you <laughs> um with the falcon it did give it more of like it felt more like a in an adventure instead of like if they would have went closer to with the book wouldn't have made sense first of all because he's not old enough to be a teacher <laughs> and he shouldn't be going on dates either but yeah i gave it more sense of adventure which i like and i think it like and there was a plane involved and i like that too <laughs> they did have a toy plane that they somehow made fly over all of new york hey speaking of planes in new york real quick fun fact for you guys it has nothing to do with this movie the movie Lilo and Stitch had Perfect. an original, the original scene with like this spaceship chase towards the end. Yeah, yeah. In the original animation, they flew through some of the taller buildings in Waikiki, in in whatever city mm. in the yeah. island. Yeah. So in the original stuff, they uh, flew through some taller buildings with uh, a plane, and it it came out around the time when nine eleven was still like ripe in America's heart, like news. Yeah. Uh, so they had to change that up and cut it and basically make it so that they were chasing through, like, 
nature mountains. and trees and stuff. Yeah. I think that's better because it makes it makes the island feel like a lot smaller, which it's not, but in that movie. Yeah. So uh, 9-11 Lilo and Stitch fun fact for you guys. Look at that. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. What else you got to talk about, Kim? I did want to know, Stuart blatantly says that he has no sailing experience. He's like, I don't know how to sail a boat. I guess we'll figure this out. And then does a bang up job. Yeah. Like, where does that come from? He has natural sailing talent. Like, it must be a mouse thing. I don't know. Do you know another mouse that can sail? Mickey? Does he know that? <laughs> he knows how to sail, right? I mean, Mickey, the sailboat. I mean, not the sailboat. Oh, the, he's got a, the tugboat. The tugboat, yeah. I don't think that's technically it must the be same in the jeans you know i don't know enough about boats i know like maybe boats. four things about boats they go on water yeah that's that. one of them that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's crazy he i think he just kind of wanted to like show off he was like i want to pretend like i don't know anything so that way oh he was hustling them he's like i don't know anything about how to sail whips out this <laughs> guess what 15 years of experience traversing <laughs> the seas Yes. Yeah, that sounds plausible. I wish he, <laughs> I wish when he did that, he talked like a sailor too. Ahoy, mateys. <laughs> what is no, that? Not a pirate. What's the difference? <laughs> All I know is like a pirate is a cool sailor. That's, that's it. Yes. When are we doing Pirates of Caribbean? Oh my God. That is one of the episodes I cannot wait for. <sighs> I can't wait to listen to it. And it's such an interesting adaptation because... As most of us know, the source material is a theme park ride. Wow. Really? I didn't know that. So. You didn't? For real? I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Jen. I- <laughs> I'm kidding. You're amazing and intelligent and beautiful and hilarious. And I love you. Obviously, you are not looking at my hair right now because <laughs> I don't know what it's doing. It looks amazing. But yeah, no, I thought it was based off of like actual pirates and stuff. That's interesting. I did not know that. I'm very excited to hear about this podcast. I need to. I need it now. Now, okay. BRB, gonna go record it. Um, but in the meantime, do you have any other big things? I think we're kind of wrapping it up here. Do you have any anything you want to say about uh, Lightning McQueen before we go? Yeah, we didn't talk about him in this episode. We um, really didn't. It's a shame. Good job. <laughs> We can't keep this up. We can't keep bringing this Anyways, up. Anyways, <laughs> um, thank you again for being here and for talking about Stuart Little on the heels of we also just filmed a Chicken Little episode, which will come out the same day <laughs> as this guy. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, what are you doing? Go listen to it. Um, if you have already, go listen to it again. Make sure you share it with your friends. Someone in your friend group loves Stuart Little. I know it. And if you don't know it, they're keeping it from you. So you need to share this video with them. Yeah, there's a lot of closeted Stuart Little fans out there. We really got to fix that as a society. Yeah. But anyways, again, (laughs) thank you. Uh, Look forward to talking (laughs) with you next on whatever we do. Bye. Bye. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for your time and your ears. And don't forget to tune into next week's episode of Flip the Script. Peace out. That's it. I'm done.